After I had moved away from home, my parents moved and they joined a parish that is kind of famous for the following reason, at least locally. When you pulled into the parking lot, you were greeted by a sign that said, no parking from here to eternity. And there was a sign that said here, and then about seven spaces down, it said eternity. And the first spot right by the entrance said pastor. The second one said associate. And then it was staff, 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 staff. So fast forward, I'm over there at the seminary, and every time I walk over here, I cut through the parking lot of St. John's Lutheran Church, right down 176. And as you're cutting across the parking lot, you get right near the entrance to the door, the first spaces just off the entrance to the driveway, and it's all striped, and on the ground, the first six primo spaces say, Visitor, 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 visitor. Now, I'm not saying that Lutherans are nicer than Catholics, <laughs> but boy, that's quite a difference, huh? Don't even think about parking from here to eternity. This is for you, visitor. And in that same lot at St. John's, all the way in the corner, like where you cut into the lot from the walking path, there's always a car parked there early in the morning. And if that's not the pastor's car, it's at least somebody who works there, as far as you could possibly get from getting out of the parking lot. So, why bring that up now? It may seem like a small thing, but what underlies a distinction in something like that, I would suggest, it's not just, well, one place is a little more welcoming than the other, though it's certainly that, whether intentional or not, but it's freedom. It's freedom that allows you in a seemingly little thing to say, yeah, I'll, I'll park all the way down there and this first six spaces, these are for whoever might be here for the first time. I know it seems small, but it's those little things that become ingrained in who we are that manifest themselves in noticeable ways. There's a certain freedom of mind and heart that allows a community to do that, that allows the leader of the community to do something like that. Freedom. In our church, in the Christian church in general, but in the Catholic church in particular, that's a quality that underlies everything else. If you want to be married in the church, if you want to be ordained, we may not always think about it, but if you want to come up in the communion line and receive the body and blood of Christ, if you decide you're going to show up for the Sacrament of Reconciliation, all of those participations require freedom. And sometimes we go to great pains to ensure that the freedom is there. Is this person really free to make that commitment? And lots of times we don't check. We just have people come up and we assume the best. But if you think about it, freedom is huge. It's huge to have a heart that's free enough to say, I want to commit in this way, not just on paper, not just when it's glorious and beautiful, but I want to commit when it means walking across an icy, snowy parking lot. I want to commit when it's not so beautiful, when the language isn't so flowery, when the vows don't seem to come so readily, when I'm coming up and I'm being asked to present myself Freedom, freedom to be there and do it. John is the patron saint of freedom, I'd like to suggest. Think about it. 
Think about what we see John doing in tonight's gospel. And we've got to remember how wildly popular John was. I mean, he was a media star. We're told all of Jerusalem was coming out to see him. They were intrigued by his call to baptism. There was something about this guy that people wanted to see. How easily he could have manipulated that charisma. How easily he could have drawn the spotlight to himself. What allows someone like John to say things like, oh, he must increase, I must decrease, I'm not worthy to undo his sandals. I don't know if you've ever thought about the extraordinary freedom of heart that John had. In my mind, he's one of the most extraordinary figures in the Gospels, not just because he's the herald of Jesus, yes, that's important, but to look at him as a man who truly is a disciple, to be free enough to say, I have all of this that could seemingly lead me off track, that could keep me focused on myself, and I'm free enough to walk away from that. And not just walk away from it, but I'm free enough to invite you to move towards this man, Jesus, who you haven't paid any attention to up until now. There's not a whole lot about Jesus that was catching attention the way John was. So, fine, we can all acknowledge that. Freedom is a necessary and a beautiful quality to have, but how do we get it? You can't simply decide you're going to be free. It'd be wonderful if it were that easy. Maybe it wouldn't be wonderful, because if it came cheaply, I doubt that it would really stick or be authentic. Well, just two things I would suggest that come out of John's life itself. The first recipe for freedom is honesty, and I mean brutal honesty. Honesty that's able to say, this is who I am, warts and all, this is where I'm vulnerable, this is where my strengths are, this is where I struggle. John knew who he was, and he knew that for a lot of different reasons. He knew that from the parents who raised him, we know a lot about when he was a baby, but I've got to believe he also knew who he was because he was never shy about being himself authentically. And if we can't see who we are, not just how other people see us, but who we are, where our fears are, where our worries, as well as our joys and our areas of gratitude, then freedom will never come easily. Not that it ever does, really but that ability to be honest so that when Jesus does come along, he knows who Jesus is and he knows who he is himself. If you want to be free, foster honesty. And it is something that grows, right? Because we've all been at times in situations where there's that almost overwhelming force to say, oh, at this time at least, just don't acknowledge who you are. I'm not talking about white lies. I'm talking about that ability to really say, this is who I am. This is where I come from. This is the thing that's motivating me. I may not be proud of it, I may not be happy, but I've got to be honest. Otherwise, I can never live with integrity, and I guarantee you, you won't have a free heart. When someone's preparing for marriage in the church or ordination, any of those commitment sacraments, you always want to get a sense, is this person free enough to make the commitment? And sometimes that's not the case. The other quality you've got to have, I think, if you want to foster freedom, is what John talks about tonight, and that's generosity. Why would you get these two things put together? John's saying, if you have two tunics, give one away. If you have more food than you need, give it away. 
And then right on the heels of that, he's able to talk about, hey, this is about Jesus, it's not about me. Because I think the two are intimately connected. If you want a freer heart, foster a more generous heart. And that is something to be fostered, right? It doesn't come automatically. There's always that little voice inside of us. Not that we're stingy, but it's that voice of fear. If you give away too much, then when you need it, you won't have it. If you give away too much, then the people that you love and you want to support, there may not be enough for them. I think the greatest opposition to generosity is not stinginess, it's fear. And that ability simply to say, okay, in little ways, in baby steps, I'm just going to share a little bit more of myself. Not always stuff, but time or attention. Share a little bit more with the Lord in prayer. We know this, we learn it as children, or we teach it to children to share, because it doesn't always come so naturally. And John, at this point in his life, is able not only to live that way himself, but to call others to live similarly. I'm sure nobody noticed it at the time, because they had no idea who Jesus was. But later, I'm sure, after John had been killed, and Jesus was already making his voice heard in the world, I've got to believe many of them thought back and just reflected on the fact, man, John was everything. John was all we talked about. We rearranged our lives to go listen to John. But do you remember what he said? Do you remember what he said about Jesus? And I've barely given John a thought because he really did succeed at what he wanted to do. But there's a reason why he had that freedom. And so maybe as a little spiritual exercise, as we move into this third week of the season of Advent, to really foster a heart that is just a little bit more free, and to do that by fostering a heart that is a little bit more true and a little bit more generous.